Welcome to the Hidden Wise 30-minute power segment. I am passionate about creating a lifestyle that minimizes suffering and regret. The purpose of life is not simply to survive, but to thrive, and I believe we do that by creating a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Each week, I'll be delivering a 30-minute conversation with a guest expert on a topic that they are knowledgeable and passionate about, with the purpose to inspire and educate us all. I don't have all the answers. I'm simply trying to figure life out. And through greater awareness and understanding, I can put into practice what I learn to further my life's progression. I can't give you your life's map. I can't show you the way, but I can assist you in discovering your why. I can help you define your life's compass to guide you purposefully to act on and pursue your life's desires. And from there, watch happiness ensue. My guests are the experts. They are the people I learn from. They provide the inspiration, education, and methodology that we can all benefit from in better navigating the ultimate life. Without further ado, let the show begin. Hello and welcome to the Hidden Wire Podcast. This is episode 872, The Power Segment. Today's featured guest is Jason Lienartz and the topic is change, a very timely topic indeed. Change is everywhere, guys. Change is a part of our life and Jason deals with people looking to make change all the time. He is a health and fitness expert and with his own fitness center and programs, he helps many people deal with change every day. So in this, he shares some tips and advice, practical takeaways on how we can all manage change more thoroughly and hopefully with that in mind, have a great deal of success. I hope you enjoy guys. Cheers. Hey Jason, welcome to the Hidden Wild Podcast. How are you? Uh, I am great. It's so nice to be here. We were talking offline for just a moment, and it has been over three years since you've been on my show, and it's nice to reconnect with you. It's great, man. Yeah, and you've been quite busy um, with business, and and you've just got a new book out on top of your last book as well, A Revolution a Day. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. You put a lot of efforts into getting this together. Can I just quickly ask, what was the process like for you uh, putting this together? Well, I'll give you both sides of the coin because, mm. as you know, being a fellow writer, it's always the best laid plans. But the the goal when I wrote the book is I I said, okay, I'm going to take the better part of 2019. And for those who are you know new to what happened with this book, the uh, myself being a fellow podcast host, I went through every episode of my show and extracted quotes from my guests. And my show is very health minded. It's uh, people involved in exercise and nutrition and psychology and all the things that make up what it takes for us to uh, build better bodies and better minds and better selves. And uh, so as I went through and started extracting the quotes to to use them in the book, I had to go through every single episode and listen to them. And if I found a quote that I liked, I'd have to pause and rewind and pause and Jeez, rewind that and type them all out. Process. Oh, it was, it was just immense. And so I got started right at the beginning of the year thinking, okay, I'll, I'll make good headway on this. And then as life happens, you get distracted. So I did a little bit of work. I probably pulled about a hundred or so quotes and then it got to be about the end of July. And I thought, oh my God, I, I don't even have enough. And so I literally just sat out, sat down and I plotted out the rest of the year and I said, okay, I need the book to be out by December. Um, so this is what it's going to take on a daily basis for me to extract more quotes, write the things that I need uh-huh. to write, do the formatting, do the editing, all that stuff. And so from August until the end of November was just an absolute blur trying to get the book 
uh, finished and, you know, still be able to, to run a business and have a family and all that stuff. So it was just wild. That's a huge effort, man. Congratulations. It's, um, uh, you know, to, to write a book and, and have it published in a year is, is huge. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, calling it what it is, it's, it's self-published, but I still had to hold myself to a, to a deadline and keep myself accountable to the, the deadline that I gave myself because the book, the way that it's written is something of a daily meditation. So it is, um, it's these musings and it's these thoughts and inspirations that you, you know, you might start on April 22nd, or you might start it on January 1st. And there's room for you to sort of write through your thoughts as you go through each quote and kind of think about what it means to you. Mm. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was, that was, um, that was part of the process. I think it's great. And, um, yeah, hats off to you because that's a, that's a big achievement to, to get that book out there. As I said to you post interview, uh, pre-interview is that I'm working on the book and getting it out there as well. And it's because of life obstacles, it's got in the way. And I think that's, you make a really solid point there about, you know, when you're planning to achieve something, it's great to have, you know, and at this time of the year, there's a lot of people out there that have these goals. They want to do X, Y, Z by the end of, you know, December 31st, 2020. But then we fail to plan to get there and we think it's just going to happen. But if if you don't have that measurable plan of action steps in front of you day to day that you can follow and follow that routine, you'll probably miss that target. Yeah. And it's it was something that I tried to keep in the back of my mind as I was starting to cobble everything together. Um, you know, the, one of the books, and I mentioned this in the introduction, one of the books that was certainly kind of a, a driving inspiration for me was Ryan Holiday's The Daily Stoic. Um, and there were a lot of things that I thought Ryan Holiday did extremely well. Um, for those that don't know, he took Stoic philosophy and he would he would pull a random quote and then he would add his own modern thoughts to it to sort of get you to think about what you would on that day. But he kept everything within a theme. So one month would be one theme and then another month would be a different theme. And I didn't want to do that because life isn't that clean. Um, There might be one day where you're thinking about your goals, but another day when you need to think about your food and another Mm. day when you need to think about your sleep. And so the the book by design is a bit more random uh, because life is random. And so things like goal setting, there's, there's something about goals in almost every single month because goals tend to change and sleep habits tend to change and nutrition tends to change. So I had to think about all that stuff when I, you know, was, uh, was going through the editing process. Yeah. And that's the topic today is change. So it's a good segue to, to move into that topic of change. Um, but just, just finalizing that too. I I love the format. I love the idea of, um, something every day that you can just read and digest. And I mean, the quotes aren't significant and the, the blurb that you write on each aren't, you know, extensive or anything. So it's easy to, to, I suppose, read, but then the, point of contemplation is probably where you need to spend the time and I think that's what you've allowed for um, by doing that so I think it's a great format Um, this topic of change um, why is that so important to you I mean obviously in your industry that's quite significant but just in your words yeah so it it all kind of comes back to the to the word and this is why I I, I almost um, uh, well I can't even say subconsciously I constantly use the word revolution it's part of my business it's part of my uh, my my podcast it's it, it has everything to do with what I guess the vision professionally and one of the definitions of the word revolution is a sudden and dramatic change and when we think about what we want to do for our health 
um, it tends to be, feel that way. It's mm. you know you you hit this point where you're like something has to give, and whether it's I want to get bigger and stronger, or I want to get leaner because I don't like the weight that I'm at, or I don't like my my self talk and my self image. Everything requires change, and change is difficult. And so it is one of those things where you know my, I've had a brick and mortar personal training business for 11 years now, and it's what I see day in and day out is people who want to change, hmm. and. You know, in our mind's eye, we think, okay, well, if the goal is 30 pounds, then I'm just going to follow this diet and I'm going to do this exercise and I'm just going to do it. And we forget that there are so many more variables to just doing that. If you're going to work out, how often are you going to work out? What time of day are you going to work out? How is it going to affect your family? How will it affect the way that you raise your kids? How tired will you be? And we don't think about all those things when we embark on this big sweeping change, which is why, you know, box gyms, which is not the kind of facility that I run, um, January 1st, they're, they're just chomping at the bit um, for that clientele to come through because they're hoping for the big dramatic change, all the New Year's resolutions and all this stuff. And what do we all know about those gyms? They're really busy in January and February, and it's a ghost town in March yeah. because people realize the change is just difficult. So it, it is it is a constant conversation. And you know, as I tell my clients, uh, I don't coach perfection. I just coach progress. So we just constantly look at how can we move the needle forward. Mm, yeah. So you're dealing with people that uh, are looking to make change every single day, and I guess that's uh, got its own challenges. What do you find, um, you know, maybe the three biggest obstacles that people have to face in in making change and, and making their decisions to make change even? Oh, wow. So right off the bat, I would say the first thing is patience. Um, and, uh -huh. and across the board, we, we just don't have it. You know, I, I don't have it. Uh, Lee, I don't, I don't know you terribly well, but I would imagine <laughs> in a sure. lot of ways that, you know, you're probably not a terribly patient person either. Nope. And, you know, it's easy to say and give a lip service to the fact, and I'm using this arbitrary number of, of 30 pounds, but it could be 130 pounds. Um, we, we know the weight didn't come on overnight, so it's not going to come off overnight. So when you look at the things that you're going to change, yeah, you might be that special snowflake who can do a 180-degree turn and make it happen, but you're probably not that person. You're probably the person that has to just start doing the things that require the least amount of resistance so that you can start to see how does this fit into my life. And you know I, I know it sounds terribly simplistic, um, but for a lot of people, it's drink more water. You know what I mean? Drink more water um, and and see how that makes you feel. And if you're feeling better because you're drinking more water, maybe you're going to eat better. And if you're eating better, maybe you're going to feel better when you exercise. And you look at how all these components fit together. And when you do it the sustainable way, mm. it's slow and it's not glamorous. Yeah. And it's very hard to package it and sell it. Um, what sells is uh, lose 10 pounds in 11 days. Yeah. That sells. Yeah. And so patience, I think, is a big thing. Um, so just the, with the, the, thing the patience, we'll just stop there if that's all right. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it is a really important point, not only about change, but about life, I think. And certainly I've, I'm still very impatient, but um, I think I have gained a level of clarity around patience as it relates to life and the importance of understanding that this is not a short-term game necessarily. It's a long-term game. And you need to have that patience and that's really going to help you persevere and uh, find it more sustainable to achieve whatever your life goals might be. Um, and I assume, is that a conversation that you have with clients when they come into you around patience? 
It, it, it is, and it's funny that you bring it up that way because I, um, the majority of the people who come to see me come to see me for weight loss. And so when we sit down in a consultation, I have a piece of software that I use that when I plug in all of their, their data, so their, their measurements and their weight and level of activity and all the variables that you have to consider, we, we come up with a caloric goal. You know, this is this is what your body requires to to be at to be at maintenance. And so if that's a maintenance number, we need to create a deficit somehow. And what the software does, which I think is kind of ingenious, is it says, okay, assuming that this is a perfect world scenario, that you have no distractions and that you'll do exactly what I say, which never happens by the way, um, this is how long it will take you to get to your goal. And you'll see it plain as day. But I'll tell I'll tell everybody, listen, it's going to take you longer. It will take you longer than that. But I just want you to see in the in a perfect world, it will take you this long right here to realize your goals. Hmm. And then when you factor in the fact that there might be holidays and there might be travel and there might be sickness and there might be a death in the family and all these other things that play into our best laid plans, um, then patience is really, it's, it's almost the foundation for what you need to wrap your head around saying, okay, well, this goal that I have, this big, audacious, scary, hairy goal that I've got, um, it's going to take some time. How do people respond to that? You know, I think for some people, depending on the goal that they have, I think some people, I shouldn't say I think, cause I see it. Some people literally look and they go, wow, that's not as bad as I thought. And some people go, how do I do it faster? Hmm. And so you look at sort of the spectrum of those uh, responses. And what happens is that once people get started, you start to see life affect them in the way that life invariably does. Mm -hmm. Um, and and so it's just, it's, it has to be that constant conversation. Well, okay. Um, sometimes if weight loss is the goal, you might have to table the goal and go, listen, right now, the most important thing for you to do is just show up for your workouts. Because right now, based on the stress that's going on in your life, I don't know that dieting is the smartest thing for you because it's too much stress. Yeah. So you just try to find other ways to be consistent that don't always relate to, say, a scale victory. And I suppose that depends on the individual as far as that. Absolutely. Too much Absolutely. stress. But if you have someone there, you know, guiding you and, and observing you rather than you trying to, to control it yourself, then that's that's going to be very beneficial. It, it is. And, you know, one of the cool things about it is, um, you know, I have a, a closed community on Facebook of active clients. And so we keep constant conversation in there uh, because of the way that our facility is set up. It's it's considered semi-private training. So if you, you know, Lee, assuming that you were in the U.S. and you were training here, if you came to train, you would likely be training with other individuals at the same time, but you're all working on your own individualized program. Hmm. And so we keep a constant conversation about, hey, what's happening with goals? What's happening with sleep? What's happening with your love life? All the things that play into the decisions that we make with food. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So that patience uh, patience is a virtue, as they say. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, cool. So what, what are a couple of the other hurdles that you, you come to mind? Yeah, so so patience is one, and then I, we've already kind of touched on it, and it would be flexibility. Um, and I, I use that in the terms, not, not in the physical sense, um, but in the, the, the psychological and, and mental sense, which is um, be flexible with the fact that 
this is not going to go the way that you thought it was going to go. So when we talk about patience as, as sort of the foundation for what you want to do to change, be flexible with the fact that it's not going to happen on the timeline that you want. Um, it may take much longer, and it may not be quite the way that you thought it was going to go. And mm. I'll use a diet as a great example. Mm. Um Right now, certainly in America, and I don't know how it is uh, overseas, but there was a there was a documentary that came out on Netflix uh, recently called The Game Changers, yeah. and it is about living a, a vegan slash plant based lifestyle. Yeah. And a lot of people became very emotionally charged by that particular documentary, and as a result, you have invariably people that decide this is the way that I want to eat, so they try it. And I think what people need to understand is, and this is not a slam on plant-based or vegan, um, you may feel persuaded to do it, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So try it because experimenting is a good thing and experimenting gives you feedback, uh, but you may find that it doesn't work well for your body, for your emotional health, for your goals. And the only way you're going to know is unless you try it. But you may realize that, you know, two months in, hey, you know what, this is just not really the best thing for me. And you may have to pivot and try something else. Hmm. And that's okay. It's perfectly okay. Um, and it's okay to take a given individual's goals and go, you know, maybe I need to change the goalpost for this. Um, maybe my goals were not uh, not aggressive enough. They need to be more aggressive. Or maybe my goals were too aggressive and I need to scale them back. Yeah. And I think that ability to be flexible with the fact that um, – you're going to get those curveballs thrown at you is going to be really crucial. Otherwise, the only thing that you're going to know uh, that you're going to really resonate with is the ability to quit. And nobody likes to be a quitter. No, so I not. think when you when you can just realize, hey, listen, this is going to take a little bit of experimentation. This is going to take some stumbles and some slips, and it's not always going to be instant gratification. Um, and really, you know, really wrap your arms around that. I think it sets you in a better place to just take things as they come. If you're the kind of person that, you know, takes notes on these kind of things, that can be really helpful. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll kind of plug my own book in that regard because there's the space to do that. So whatever you're doing with your nutrition, when you hit those points in the book where it talks about it, um, there's space for you to write that down and go, this is what this particular diet is doing for me um, on this particular day, hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that idea of flexibility. And I think um, just having that that mindset around you know being flexible with the plan and being um i suppose adaptable which is a big strength in in life um is huge and i think the you just touched on a point there but when people have this idea that they want to change maybe something that puts them off as you said it's that that fear of quitting or fear of failure and maybe that's a big obstacle to actually approach new change as well. And I'm sure you face that as well. Um, so having that flexibility might help minimize that, you know, for, for change in the future. Yeah, for sure. Because, I, you know, what I see a lot, and especially when you, you know, I, I work with people who've been dieting for 30 years. You mm. know what I mean? They, they've just, it's one diet after the other diet after the other diet. And one thing that you start to hear after somebody who's spent... Uh, literally a, a lifetime of dieting is there is a lot of resentment about it. Like, I can't believe that I have to do this. That person over there gets to eat whatever they want and they can lose weight or they can maintain it that weight. But I have to watch every single morsel that goes into my mouth or I don't succeed. Hmm. And so what you have is you just have, it's, it is, uh, it is almost this, uh, sort of toxic 
belief that uh, that they can't succeed because what decades of dieting has shown them is succeed and fail, succeed and fail, succeed and fail. Yeah. And it's almost like they can't get ahead of it. So, it, you know, if you let it, it can become a, a lifelong problem. And it's trying to help individuals sort of work through that. But again, that kind of comes back to that whole thing about how flexible are you with what the process is ultimately going to end up being. Yeah, well, giving you that space, you know, to be able to try things and say, okay, well, this this isn't necessarily the right way for me. Maybe I could pivot and try something else or do this or do that. Um, yeah. And again, having that guidance by, you know, an expert in whatever change you're doing um, can certainly help. So obviously with health or, or training, you know, having someone like you guiding them on that and giving them different ideas and, and methods of, of trial and error is, is probably a great thing to have too. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I like that. Patience, flexibility. So, so you, you would ask for three and I, and I think the third you can give one me as many be... as you like, Jason. I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm liking this. Uh, so, so I would, I would say for three, it would be self-awareness. Hmm. And I think a lot of people to a certain degree are lacking in it. Some people lacking a lot of it. Um, but I, I, you know, I, not to beat a dead horse, but it's easy to use this as a diet parallel. Um, when I think about self-awareness, um, I think about people who are trying to lose weight and they don't know why they can't lose it. And so one of the tools that we use the most here is some degree of calorie tracking or food tracking or something like that where you have some relatively indisputable data to say, this is how much is going into my system. And I was recently talking to a guest on my show about this, um, a client of mine who's trying to lose weight right now. Um, she has started tracking her food again. And she, about a week ago, she weighed herself and she weighed, you know, X amount. And a week later, she weighed herself again. And she hadn't changed in weight. And she said, I've been tracking everything. And I said, okay, what did you eat yesterday? And she wrote down everything that she ate. And I looked at it and I saw a couple of areas that I thought could get a little bit fuzzy. And what I mean by that is maybe what you ate, it would be easy for you to eat more than what you think you did. And so I said, did you measure it? And she said, well, sort of. Hmm. Well, you either measured it or you didn't. And that's not a, I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. It's, it's either a cup or it's not. And so when you know that it's a cup of you know, whatever that food is, then it's indisputable. And if you want, if you want to even break it down further, you can actually weigh it um, and see what it is in grams or ounces or whatever the, the metric system is that you're using. And so what we found by discussing this was that one of the things she left off was milk. So we were talking about cereal and I had asked her if she had measured her cereal and she said, well, not really. Okay. Well, this is how much a serving of that cereal is. We talked about that. And she goes, oh my God, I forgot to track the milk. Well, that milk that she forgot to track was 100 calories. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk about self-awareness, it is it, with regard to weight loss, it is, do you really know what you're putting in your mouth? Every single morsel. If we talk about this in a professional setting, let's say that someone is trying to get promoted within a given department and they believe in their heart of hearts that they deserve the promotion, the next yeah. step up. And so they're going through the interview process. They're talking to the supervisors. They feel really good about it. And they don't get the position and they're floored. You know, they see somebody who they're like, how the hell did that person get the position? Mm -hmm. But I didn't. And when you have 
these candid conversations, hopefully in a, you know, in, in an open format with a, 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 a respectful person that you work with and work for, um, that person may say to you, well, you know, um, one of the things I've noticed about you is, yeah, you, you do a pretty good job, but you always want to leave a half hour early and you're always coming in a half hour late and you don't seem to want to go the extra mile. And as the individual, you may not even think about that. Hmm. You just may think that, hey, I feel like I get enough of my work done. But actually, when you step outside of it, you go, well, that person over there, the one that got the promotion, they're coming in an hour earlier and they're staying two hours later. And I'm not saying that that's the the answer to everything. But when you step outside of yourself, Hmm. you start to kind of look at these things and go, okay, here's where some things may have fallen through the cracks. And I think that's where some self-awareness can help. And if you've got a good support system, they can shine a light and hopefully not in a, in a negative way. Like, you know, well, actually Jason, you think you're a nice mm. guy, but you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> so, so I think it's, it's yeah. things like that where you just have to kind of step outside of yourself and go, okay, is there something that I'm missing that if I were more aware of it, it would give me some momentum to go the direction that I want to go. So mm. in weight loss, it's tracking and it's things like that and being aware of what you're putting in your mouth. And in a professional setting, it's, you know, being aware of what your your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. So, I mean, with all these things, it's, it's you know, really trying to make the impact of change less threatening and uh, potentially less of a, a burden or challenge as well. 100% because you know here's the thing my um my wife and I have a 2 year old yeah. and when you know she as every parent knows women tend to gain x amount of weight when they're pregnant they lose x amount of weight after the baby has arrived and you know once my wife's weight plateaued um she still wanted to lose more weight so we had to have very candid conversations in our house about how we were going to eat so that she could continue to lose weight. Because here's the thing, I don't need to lose weight. So I eat in a different way. And I think when you can sort of step outside of that um, that scenario and go, okay, well, there, there's no emotion to this conversation. It's just, what do we need to do to support one another for this goal? Hmm. And since I was doing a fair amount of the cooking, I knew how much to serve her. And I would say, okay, well, I know what you've eaten throughout the day. This is what you'll have tonight so that you stay within your, your, you know, your framework. And I knew not to do sabotaging things like, oh, by the way, I'd like some ice cream. Do you want some ice cream? Knowing good and well that ice cream (laughs) was going to thwart her efforts. So, uh, you know, I know that kind of steps away from self-awareness, but it is sort of part of the conversation about change that, you know, if my wife had said, I want to lose weight and I say, well, honey, I support you. But I'm over there trying to feed her pizza and chips and all of the stuff. That's not very supportive. That's that's not supportive at all. So, you know, being able to kind of look at all those variables in your life to foster change. Well, I think that's, um, you know, another point to change. And your points, you know, your three points there is is the environment too. Um, the hardest thing about our change often is is the environment that we're used to. And that environment can be very distracting to that change. And for one, right now I'm not drinking alcohol. Um, which is a choice I've made, and it's just so fascinating um, how that environment can influence that, and it's, it makes it more challenging when someone is having a beer next to you, or someone says, "Oh, what? You're not drinking? You might as well. You know, it's a party or whatever." Um, it just adds to that level of complexity. So, just being self-aware of your environment and the environments that you're going into, um, so you can predict the sort of uh, challenges you might be facing, might help you manage 
uh, to deal with that better as well, rather than just walking right. into there and then being there and then going, oh, yeah, well, this is it and this is what I'm going to do because that's what I'm used to. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, alcohol is such a big one, especially for anyone who's trying to uh, abstain for any amount of time. You know, you really have to pick your battles, um, not just with the places that you go to and the events that you have to attend, but even what you'll allow to keep in your own household, especially if uh, your spouse um, likes to, you know, partake in, in something to drink? Is it something where uh, you can actually watch somebody drink and it's not a triggering effect? Or do you really have to have all of it away from you because you can't even be susceptible to the smell of it because that could trigger, uh, you, you know, that sort of that craving response that you want? Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's just so much to that uh, to kind of take in and consider. But it's just that, again, that self-awareness, you know, are you one of those people that have to just totally avoid going to that party or can you actually say yeah i'm going to go to that party this is what it's going to be like and this is probably what i'm going to face so these are my methods or strategies to to manage that and that might be hey, if i'm feeling tempted maybe i need to leave the party or if i'm feeling tempted maybe i need to um, bring a partner that's a non-drinker as well you know whatever it might be come up with a strategy mm-hmm. rather than just walking into it and then being um giving up to the the circumstances so yeah, no, I like I it. Could, yeah, couldn't agree more. Hey, um, just quickly, we'll wrap it up. I just wanted to, on those three points that you touched on there, um, a couple of practical takeaways. So if I'm out there listening to this, I want to do some change, and this is the time of year where people are making change, and that could be career, health, whatever it might be, what practical advice would you give them around patience, practicing patience? Hmm. Uh, at, at risk of using um, uh, a, a very overused term, know thyself. Uh, if you if you know that you are not a very patient person, I would I'm going to come back to something that you said because we have to use this term in the in our industry as well, which is um, really foster the right environment. Um, if you are a very impatient person, and we'll come back to this whole weight loss thing uh, because it's an easy example to use, uh, you need an almost bulletproof environment. Uh, we talked about it with alcohol, but let's say, for instance, that you have decided for whatever reason that you're going to stop drinking uh, for an, an undetermined amount of time. And you need to spend the next 30, 60, 90 days perhaps looking at how do I design an environment that makes it easy for me to fulfill these goals. And it may mean that you have to throw away all the alcohol in the house. It may mean that you have to say no to certain events uh, because you know that alcohol will be there and perhaps you're the kind of person that does not know how to moderate it. Um, And I think when you start to kind of pull a supportive environment around you and that includes the people that you associate with, you're setting yourself up for better success because the fact of the matter is the change that most of us want, we can't do it by ourselves. Mm. We do need the help of others and that could be a spouse, it could be a child, it could be our coworkers, it could be a boss. Um, there are, you know, if you if you kind of go back to the what we all know about the the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with, how do these people support these goals? So realize that you're not on an island alone, um, that it's going to take that support system and it's going to take people that know how to rally behind you when you're feeling weak and vulnerable and not sure that you can stay on that path. Mm, yeah, really quite profound advice and there's a lot to that you know know thyself is there something around flexibility that you would say as a practical takeaway for the audience yeah i would say um 
<laughs> this is definitely one of those areas where probably the the average person needs to be more flexible than what they give you know than what they probably uh, give themselves credit for. Hmm. Um, so so many of us become uh, almost laser focused on whatever it is that we're trying to do um, that they don't allow themselves that room to change, and it's almost like. Uh, you know, trying to smash the square into the circle hole. Um, it's not going to fit. So you've got to find a way to sort of change that perspective to go, okay, um, I need I need to look for a different avenue um, because this one has not been serving me. And I like that whole thought process behind the actions that have led me to this point no longer serve me. So what can I cut away? Uh, because it's no longer useful. And I, I believe I'm probably bastardizing a Bruce Lee quote at that point. <laughs> Good. And um, <laughs> self-awareness, what, um, you know, for, for people to gain more self-awareness, is there anything that you do or you'd advise others to do to, to really try and um, harness that and, and develop that? Well, this kind of comes back to, you know, that support system. And I think that if you believe that you have certain good and maybe less favorable qualities about yourself, hmm. write them down. Write down the things that you think that you do well and write down the things that you uh, think that you know, that need work. And then ask the people that are closest to you who you believe will be candid with you and, and won't uh, say it in a derogatory way um, what they believe those things are because you could find that they agree with you. You could find they come up with things that uh, perhaps you never thought about. Um, I always find it very fascinating if I talk to my clients about, hey, what are your, you know, what do you love about being here? I'm always fascinated because it's something that I wouldn't always think about. And yeah. it might be something like, I love the music, or I love the fact that you always change up my workouts, or I love the fact that you're not harping on me all the time. Um, things that, because again, we tend to be lost in our own mind, we don't always think about what others see in us. Hmm. Uh, so I think that's part of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, I love this kind of conversation for this time of the year. I think it's really suitable. I'm glad um, I'm glad we connected. So the topic of change, everyone, it's a, probably a topic on everyone's mind going into a new year. And um, certainly there's some really valid points in here that I think we can all take a, you know, a little bit of time away in our day-to-day -day or over the next uh, few days just to really reflect on and, and understand how those three points, patience, flexibility, and self-awareness, um, in, in, are involved in our ability to create uh, solid quality change in our life. So, Jason, thanks for coming on and sharing. Lee, thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Now, to reach out, Jason, just quickly, you've got obviously a couple of books. They can be found uh, on Amazon. Um, so, A Revolution A Day and The Revolution Is You, your previous book there as well. Is there a website or something that people can reach you on? Uh, yeah. So, if you're interested in my writing, uh, that would be jasonleonards.com. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram. You can friend me uh, on Facebook. Uh, and again, it's uh, if you if you can spell the last name, it's going to be pretty easy to find me. And uh, and those would be some some good connection points. L W N A A R T S. That's it. It's it, it is very Dutch. All the um <laughs> all the links are on are on the um on the site there. Yeah, or we can we can certainly get them into the show notes for sure. Yeah, cool, man. Excellent, man. Been a pleasure, absolutely. And thanks for uh, coming on the show, guys. Thank you for listening and make sure you connect with both of us um, anytime if you have any questions. Peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in and listening to today's conversation. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been able to take something away, something to help you create a more meaningful life. 
a life with greater freedom, fulfillment and happiness. Guys, if you love the content that I produce here at The Hidden Why, there are a few ways you can support me. Firstly, connect with me. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can connect with me online at thehiddenwhy.com or via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to connect with you. If you've got any thoughts, comments, feedback, suggestions, or anything at all that you'd like to ask me, you can reach me at thehiddenwhyguy at gmail.com. While you're there, guys, make sure you subscribe to thehiddenwhy.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can be kept up to date with all the new episodes and happenings here at The Hidden Why. If you love what you heard in this episode, guys, or any of the others, please share the love. Share it with your family, friends, and anyone you think that might get some value. If you haven't already done so, you can also leave me a review on iTunes. Simply head over to iTunes, type in The Hidden Why, click the Ratings and Reviews button, and leave me a short message plus a one to five star rating. It helps me reach more people. Once again, guys, I appreciate the time you've taken out of your day to support my show. Until next time, you know what to do. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose, and in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is the Hidden Why Podcast. My name is Liam Arnoldsey. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.